0: You are listening to Your Blessed Life Podcast, and this is episode number 34. Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life with your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. welcome to the show are you already part of blessed nation well if you're not i want to invite you to join it and be part of a community where you can get regular insights regular teachings and maybe even a few resources that will bless your life i want to invite you to join blessed nation today just stop by our website it's yourblessedlife.com and join us for those regular insights and we'd love to have you on board hey it's jay marsh here it's great to be with you today And I want to welcome you to Your Blessed Life. Let's get right into the show. So uh, we have a featured guest. I'm excited to introduce him to you. And I want to welcome to the show now, Tom Schwab. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Jay, I am thrilled to be here. Well, I'm glad to get to connect with you. I love your radio voice, by the way. (laughs) You've got a great voice maybe in a previous life you were in
1: radio. <laughs> Could that be true? No? Well, I'll give the credit to the equipment that makes me sound great. And when so, anybody says I've got a great radio voice, I'll just say, well, I guess that means I've got a face for radio too.
0: <laughs> you mean you both. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Tom, I want to share with Blessed Nation a little bit about you. And then I've got a fun question to ask as we wrap that part of it up. So I know you're from a place where most people don't even realize it's a real city. It's Kalamazoo, right? It is. <laughs> how many people ask you that? Is that? Are you really from there? Are you really from Kalamazoo?
1: Is that a real place? It's a real place. And when people ask me how to spell it, I have to keep from trying to sing the song. Yeah. Yeah. Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's a great place to be from. How long you been there? since 92 and I always say I got out of the military came here in a snowy february day and I said well I'll take the job here but I'm not going to die here with that it's been you know 20 some years family's grown up here it's been home and it's been a wonderful place and with modern technology uh, it's you know no matter where you are you're connected to the world amen for that and speaking of family I know you have a
0: beautiful family Karen your wife which I get to interact with on occasion and I was bragging on her a while ago, and I just want to do it again. It's a joy when I get to connect with her. I know you've got four kiddos and a couple grandchildren, too. Two grandchildren? I I do.
1: Two grandchildren. Uh, My wife always asks me to call them amazing grandchildren and not great-grandchildren. Yeah. Well, because that makes her feel old. You know that, right? (laughs) It makes us both sound very old.
0: Yeah. There's actually probably a little fun, little jab to that. I could see myself saying that to my wife just to kind of mess with her. I love that. So, I also know, Tom, that you served our country. So, you were in the Navy, right?
1: And like working in nuclear power plants. I was. And uh, I always, you know, start that out with thank all the taxpayers for paying my education. I had the honor of going to the U.S. Naval Academy, graduating in the class of 87 with a, another great man from down in San Antonio, your way there, David Robinson. And I got in on a technical error. And I always say that's sort of the, my God moment with that. And uh, was honored to serve the Navy for five years in nuclear power. And just it was some of the best years of my life. That is so
0: interesting, Tom. And I don't know if, if you, you probably know this, but you know Roger Staubach, the awesome quarterback for the Cowboys many, many years ago. You know, he went to the Naval Academy too. And won the Heisman. Absolutely. Do you know that he, this is what I hear, that he got accepted into the Naval Academy pretty much on the technicality as well? Because he was colorblind and they didn't catch
1: it. I did not know that, but yeah. Is that my- crazy or what? Mine was the same thing. I I have no debt perception. It was written all over my records. And it wasn't until my senior year when they were getting to do the pre-commissioning physicals, they did the test, looked at me and said, you're not qualified to be in the military. And I thought, oh, you know, am I going to be kicked out now? And they're like, no, don't worry. You know, we've invested four years of your education. We'll give you a waiver. And besides that, just the hand of God making somebody overlook that check mark. I wouldn't be who I am today or where I am today. Isn't that so
0: true? That is so neat. So now every time I think about you Tom, I'm going to think about you and Roger Staubach. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome. You know, I was going to ask you, I'm still going to ask you in a minute about a fun fact, but that's an that's a fun fact to me. That's such an interesting fact. And you know, I know something else that's equally as interesting and maybe more relevant in today's time. Most folks know you Tom because of your, well, I guess I'm trying to think of the way to say it, your internet marketing prowess. So being the founder of internet valet, you know, which plus nation, what that means, you know, what is that? Well, really what Tom does him, his company, they provide a podcast guest marketing agency service basically is what they do. And like I said, I mean, Tom is an internet marketing whiz and the way that he serves his clients is It ranges from speaking to coaching, consulting. I think he's even got some mastermind groups. But when it comes to internet marketing, both on the inbound and the outbound marketing, Tom, your name's pretty much everywhere. Well,
1: I'm blessed by that. And also, I look at it from, it's just because of the people I know also. You know, I look at marketing at its heart is starting a conversation with somebody that could be an ideal customer. Right. We've got all have great things that we can share with the world. It could be a product or service. The biggest problem often is that we're unknown. We're obscure. And this is the same problem that, you know, our grandparents had. And our grandchildren will have. How do you start that conversation? How do you get known by people that you could help? And really one of the things we found is that podcast interviews are just a great way to connect with your ideal listeners or your ideal customers. And that's something that we do at interview valet is just help people do that. And we help inspiring, you know, thought leaders connect with millions of ideal customers for the betterment of all.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm definitely a fan of that. And that's one of the reasons. Tom, that I created this podcast is because I am such a fan of podcasts. I've learned so much from them over the years that I thought it was an ideal medium to be able to do what you and I are doing. So I love what you're doing and I appreciate your support on my podcast and even being on the show with us here today. Thrilled to be here. So- We know a little bit about you, Tom, and we kind of even got a fun fact there with the Navy technicality. But I want you to share with us maybe, maybe hidden talent, maybe something
1: that not everyone knows about Tom Schwab. Well, the probably the fun fact is what I have for pets. I've got two miniature donkeys for pets. And Ken Davis one time asked me, he said, why do you have miniature donkeys? And he just, he laughed at it. And I said, well, I've got a granddaughter and anything that she loves. I love. And I said that with that, she fell in love with them. So I fell in love with them and they've been great animals just to, they're like great big dogs and just a, a great way to bond with the, the kids and, and the family. And they've been a whole lot of fun. The thing that I didn't realize once we got the, um, got them is they've got a life expectancy of 30 years. Oh my so goodness. now that we've had them for a couple of years, I just don't know that if I'm going to break their heart and die first, or they're going to break my heart and die first, but <laughs> The other thing I pointed out to Ken Davis was that when you have miniature donkeys, if you w- use the word A-S-S, you can get away with it because you can just be saying, I talked about the donkeys because that's what they called them in the Bible.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Now, I tell you what, that's a crazy story that you've got a couple of miniature donkeys, but the things we do for our kiddos and even our grandkiddos. Very much so. Yeah, I love that. Well, I, I appreciate you letting us get to know a little bit more about you. And now it's time to kind of change gears a little bit and get to know about you from a different perspective, kind of from the inside out, as we talk about your daily, even personal walk in Christ, if that'd be all right with you. Very much so. Okay, awesome. Well, as you know, Tom, we're going to hit these three major pillars of faith, hope, and promise. And at the end, we'll sprinkle in a a few nuggets of wisdom. And so to kick off those pillars, I want to start out with this faith thing. And I want to ask you, as it relates to your faith, when you think about your faith and you look back in your life and you look and see how maybe your faith was was stretched, maybe it was challenged, but it was an opportunity for God to do a work in your life. Could you tell us about a time when, when it was stretched, a time when maybe you were even in that
1: proverbial pit? Uh, very much so. And I would say that, you know, I was I was brought up with faith, but to me, the faith was always an intellectual one, not in my heart. I knew it in my head, but not in my heart. And I knew the promises that had been made, but often I thought so many times that they applied to someone else, that God was talking to other people, not to me. And so with that, is it faith if you don't have it in your heart? And uh, as I look back now, I struggle, struggle with that and say, you know, when I said that I had faith, was I really lying to myself and lying to God about that? And one of the things that, you know, being a, a hard driven type, a military officer, all the rest of that, you know, so many times you think I can figure this out, I can do this. And that quest, that idea that God never gives you a challenge bigger than you can handle, I was always taught that growing up and believed that. And I thought, that is so wrong, right? We can't handle anything. There's nothing he'll give us that we can't handle with him. And so there were so many times where I thought that whole thing of, you know, work like it belongs. Everything counts on you and pray like everything counts on God. So many times in my faith, I would work like everything depended on me. And I would pray like I was coaching God on how he could help out. (laughs) And it didn't work well well that way. And so there was, you know, a lot of struggles with that. And I always say that God is so good to me as far as a teacher that he'll repeat lessons to me and he'll keep repeating them until I... I pass it or I learn what I'm supposed to. And so one of my prayers is always to, uh, to help me learn it so I don't have to repeat it. But as I, as I look back on the struggles that I had, you know, in business, you know, trying to say that I've got to do all of this or as a young father that I've got to do all this, even as a, as a young husband that I've got to do all this. One of the things that in my faith walk, I've learned as I've gotten older is to realize that I do my part. God does his part. And to make sure that I follow along in that. And to me, it's very freeing too to realize that not everything depends on you. You know, you didn't create the universe, so you don't have to solve all these problems. All you got to do is do your part and be attentive and listening and to the uh, the voice of God and the, the nudgings of God and, and follow along in that way.
0: Yeah, I like that. You know, I think that's a double edged point that you make there is we have to step out in faith and take action. We have to do our part and God still very much wants us to lean on him so he can lead the way. Just, I like what you said while ago. I was coaching God on God. This is kind of what I, what I need. This is really what I want you to do as opposed to letting God
1: take the lead and coach you. Very much so. And it's, uh, are you praying to listen or are you praying to give advice? And what type of prayer does a whole lot better in my life? Yeah.
0: Are you praying to listen or are you praying to give God advice? Yeah, that is so true. So was there a particular time where you had to really lean on your faith
1: or even when you felt like it was questioned? Very much so from the standpoint of probably about seven years ago, I had a childhood friend. We'd been friends since I was in high school we were inseparable. We Neither one of us had brothers, but we were like brothers to each other. We both drove a lot in the car and probably for the better part of probably a decade, there wasn't a day went by that I didn't reach out to Brian and, and talk with him. And, you know, we were still young. We were, you know, in our early 40s and it was uh, just between Christmas and New Year's. And he, he called me and he said he wasn't feeling too well. And he was a physician and it was very uncommon for him to say something like that. And really, Originally, I blew it off and then I called him right back afterwards and I said, you know, I I wasn't supportive. I wasn't helpful in that. And he's like, nah, don't worry about it. As we get older, these things are going to happen. He said, it's not going to be anything. Well, by St. Patrick's Day. He had gone, you know. Mm-hmm. He had left to be with the Lord, and that time, those few months there, I was driving back and forth to Chicago all the time to see him as he was going through treatment, and he actually had a liver disease, much like uh, Walter Payton had, and right. it was very quick. And throughout all of it. I really struggled with God and as far as why would such a good man, why would you do this to him? And one of the things that I struggled with also is that in the initial treatment, he had some complications. He had pancreatitis and they couldn't get him until that healed. They couldn't move him up to Mayo Clinic in order to do the definitive surgery that probably would have later on, I found out, added probably another five years to his life. And I can remember driving back and forth from Chicago to Kalamazoo, which is about a two and a half hour drive and having a prayer with God. And sometimes, you know, it wasn't a prayer as much as a discussion. And sometimes my voice got very loud. And one of the things I kept saying is like, why don't you just heal him so that he can move on and get that definitive surgery? And this drug on for a couple of months. And well, when he actually went for the definitive surgery, there was complications. He was able to get home, but then he was home with his family for a day before he passed away. And afterwards, I just realized that that what I was praying for would have been a curse to him and his family. And that God knew the best. He didn't suffer all the rest of that. And that's when I realized that, you know, I've got to have faith that God's got a plan and that my prayers need to be. How can I understand that plan and support it? Not be that I need to give God advice on how he should run the world.
0: Yeah, man. You know, how can I support you, Lord? your? call for this man's life is such a powerful question that lines you up with moving forward. And, you know, I think about how God's ways, I think about this story and how God's ways, and we have to focus on this or we will continue to beat ourselves up and probably God too. And that is God's ways are higher and better than ours. And sometimes we don't get it. You know, I'm listening to that story and I'm thinking, how do you move through that? When you're asking for one thing and something else happens, and I think you hit it on the head, and I'm just kind of rephrasing it is that not only does God have a plan, but He has a better view of the situation, and His plans are be- better than ours.
1: Very much so. And you know, now seven years afterwards, Man, you know, at first I thought, what's this going to do to his family? But man, they've been so blessed afterwards. They've grown all the rest of that, that, you know, it's worked out better than I would have ever dreamed. And I, I could only see the negative in any everything, not the positive. And I think in my own life, I've looked at it with faith. When I ask God to do something and he doesn't do it, it's sort of like a pass-fail, Right. So if you're God and you don't do what I ask you in prayer, then either, you know, you didn't listen to me or, you know, you're not God. And it's it's not a fair thing to do. And it's not the, the way the relationship should go. And so it's really changed my prayer life and my faith to just say, God, help me understand this help me support this. And really that whole thing that there were certain times in my life that I looked at it and said that I'm made in the image of God. And in vanity, sometimes you say, you know, if A equals B, B equals A, you know, and say, well, if I was made in the image of God, you know, then I've got this relationship. I should be able to ask him, talk to him, advise him, And I think that's a very dangerous thing. There's a personal relationship there, a love and everything like that. But as I become a parent and seeing that too, just because you've got a personal relationship with your parent doesn't mean that a three-year-old, as a three-year-old, you tell them what to do. And if they love you, they listen. No, they do what's best for you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So from your perspective, Tom, and you're going through this struggle, how do you look at it from that positive perspective and get your focus right
1: as opposed to looking at it from a negative one? Well, I think that just really from the standpoint of, do you focus on the negative disappointment, what is lost, or can you find good in all the things that came out of that? And I think it's that there's a cognitive term for that, that you will find what you're looking for. And I always say that, you know, I love my wife. I think the best of her. And I think sometimes if she ever hit me over the head with a frying pan, my first thought would be, man, there must have been a big mosquito or a big fly she was trying to kill because I just think she's always doing the best for me. So I think it's how you look at that, you know, and do you look that God is blessing your life and look for reasons To support that, or do you look at it as I'm cursed? I'm something like that. And I think either way you look, you can find ways to support that. But if you look at life as you know, I'm blessed, I'm favored, I'm chosen, I've got a relationship. Boy, you can find lots and lots of things to support that. And I guess it's sort of that thing. Do you do you focus on the glass is half full or the glass is half empty? And I'd focus on it. It's like wow, I've got a glass, and I know the man who can fill it. Man, that is so good. I love when some of these
0: takeaway questions just lead us down a path that is full of nuggets, and that's what that was. I took notes (laughs) I mean, because it reminds me of how important my focus is. Just like sometimes I'm reminded of how important my words are, and it's a good reminder because it's true. When you said those things, it reminded me of my focus, and I'm going to bring to me the things that I focus on like a magnet. And I love that you get that and I I love that you shared that with us here and the community at your blessed life. And you know what that reminds me of, Tom, is how seasons come in our life. And those seasons are kind of like a roller coaster ride. In fact, sometimes I feel like this show in this faith, hope and promise format is somewhat of a roller coaster ride and it's very I think indicative of life because You and I both know as card carrying members of the body of Christ, becoming a Christian doesn't mean your life is nice and smooth, (laughs) you know, it's a super fine highway to heaven. It just means that we have a destination and we know where we're going and we have a coach with us along the way, all the way, but that takes us to the next part of this journey for you. And I would ask that you share a story with us where you got to come out of the pit per se, and where you got to see maybe the palace, maybe experience the palace, maybe have a breakthrough. I want you to share with us, if you would, Tom, a time when your faith actually positioned you for a renewed hope and maybe even an an eventual breakthrough.
1: Yeah. And I'd have to look back to that as a failed marriage. I was uh, divorced. And all I can say in that is that at that point in my life, I wasn't hopeful for, for the future. From that standpoint, it wasn't a, a Christ centered marriage. And my dad had passed away at 62 years old. And I can remember in my life thinking, okay, well, it's only you know, this many more decades that I have to put up with this. And it it just wasn't a a healthy place to be. And, you know, once again, looking at things around you, as I looked for other marriages that I could say, that's a healthy marriage. I couldn't find those. So it, it was best for both of us to part ways. But after that, I can remember, you know, falling in love with a girl and you talked about her earlier, Karen, my wife, and just having the hope of saying, man, could life be different with this? And one of the biggest things I struggled with with Jay was could I be the husband that I wanted to be? And I told her it was my year of discernment, which really freaked her out. If you're going through a relationship with somebody, don't tell them I've got to figure this out this year because it's sort of they're they At the end of that, they're like, uh, well, what's that mean on December 31st that I get cut loose or not? Right. But I had prayed about it. I had thought about it. And one of the things that finally struck me, I can still remember to this day, we're out on a friend's boat in Lake Michigan. And I asked God that question that I'd been asking him for that point about eight months. And what I came back with was that, no, you cannot be, but through Christ, all things are possible. And I just had this overwhelming sense of peace and hope. And it's like, this is going to work and proposed to her about six weeks later. And as I looked at that is everything that has God in it now, I'm hopeful for. And so that I don't know how it's going to work out. But I know it's going to work out. And that gives me hope in there. And before that, I I felt like I always had a lot of pressure on my shoulder. It's like, how am I going to make this work out? Because, you know, in business, in relationships, in health, whatever it was, I knew that I could only do so much. And I, I felt more pressure than hope. And I think once I took the view of how can we do this together, then that's hopeful. You know, once again, when talking before about do you see yourself made in God's image or God made in your image? And too often at times I I looked at that, too, that, you know, when you start looking at God or God, the father, from the standpoint of Just saying, well, I know what my limitations are. I know what my intentions are. And sometimes it's easy to put those on God also and saying, well, I know he made this promise, but I make a lot of promises, too, and I try to keep them, but I'm busy. So maybe that's the way to look at it. And so to me, that's the hope story. And I always look at that. My life changed at that point. This marriage has been so great. It's been a blessing to me, to our family, to our friends, everyone around that. And think that the hope for it comes that, you know, it's a Christ centered marriage or even in a business, you know, can you have a Christ focused, Christ centered business? And it gives to me, it, it takes off the pressure and gives me so much more hope. Yeah. And you know, I really see this connection. Tom
0: it goes back to something you were mentioning just a little bit ago and that's the focus. You know, I think about, you know, how did Tom get through this? How did he get from a tough place to a better place and get to see the hand of God work in his life and and come to a hopeful place? And I see that same recurring theme of a focus and you reminded yourself that I might not be able to, but the guy that I follow, the God that I follow The one that I have become one with in Christ, he can. I might not be able to do it, but God can. I might not be able to make the way, but but God can. I love how you put your focus on him and you got a breakthrough.
1: There's a couple of my favorite prayers that I say often, and some of them are jokingly and other ones I I hope God listens to at the same time, because at times I'm praying to God, but also reminding myself. One is, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Uh, (laughs) Another one is, uh, Lord, speak clearly and repeat yourself to uh, your slow children like me. And I always say that uh, in that pit of despair that I was in following a a failed first marriage, my nephew, Jack, was visiting with my mom. And at that time, I think Jack was about three years old. And I remember him coming into my room and he took his finger and he poked me in the eye and they called me Tommy Boy. And he says, wake up, Tommy Boy. The sun is up. It's going to be a great day. And I always, you know, he doesn't remember that. He was young, but I always say that. And I always say that was the Holy Spirit working from him through him. From the standpoint of, you know, our problems are small compared to what God can do. You know, if the sun comes up every day, it's going to be a great day. Indeed. And, you know, I think one of my
0: favorite scriptures, and it's just kind of become my mantra in the morning, and I say it with my family every morning, uh, right in line with your story right there. And that is today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, it's a new day. The sun has come up. I have breath in my body and I have God at my side and it's going to be a glorious day. You have a blessed life. If the sun comes up and you got a relationship with the creator. Indeed. And that makes me think about something you just said a while ago, that relationship with the creator thing. And that is a little introspection. And that is whose image are you? And I'm saying this to myself, whose Mm -hmm. image are you made in? Whose promises are you believing in? Whose truth do you follow? And it really, I think, nicely sets us up for this third pillar of promise because we know that those promises of God, I really believe that's what gives us hope to start with because we can just thumb through those 7,000 some odd scriptures that are promises and we can see God's goodness and God's blessing to us just waiting for us. And I believe that when we know God's promises for our life, we can't help but to look to a glorious future. So when you think about all those different promises in scripture, is there one in your life, Tom, in today that is really speaking to you that
1: is maybe something that's guided you or supported you in your life? I guess it's the, I'm not sure if it's the promise or the command or the reminder. In the New Testament, I think somebody told me that it says, be not afraid, like 365 times. And I always looked at that and said, what does that mean? I mean, is that a commandment? So if you don't follow that, is that a sin? And from the standpoint of after God has made all these promises, if you believe in him, believe in his promises, believe he's God, why would you ever be afraid? And I remember having this discussion with somebody and it's like, how many times in the New Testament does it tell you not to kill? I'm not sure, but I know somebody point out this like 365, be not afraid. So with that, that's a promise. It's a, I don't know if it's a command, if it's a support, but to me, that's the one that to my life, probably in the last five years that I've always pointed back to from the standpoint, no matter what's going on, no matter how crazy the world is. Don't be afraid. You know, God's got this. There's no new problems under the sun that he hasn't already thought of. He hasn't already solved. Nothing surprises him. So that when we're, then when our natural tendency is to become afraid of something out there, the economy, the business, whatever it is, uh, health, you know, don't be afraid. He's got this. And to me, that's the promise that I always go back on that don't be afraid. He's got this.
0: I love that. I have to share this story with you just as you wind that up. I got this. I have this shirt my wife bought me, and it says real big on the front of it, I got this. And then right below it, at the bottom, it says, dash God, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that because that's so typical of us in the flesh, right? I got this. I got this. I'll just hold this right here on my shoulders. I got this. I'm good. I'm Captain America, Uh, and God will quickly remind us that, hey, put it on me,
1: and I've got bigger, broader shoulders. Yeah, and one one of my favorite ones is, you know, be still and know that I am God. I always look at that sometimes what scripture tells you and then doesn't tell you. So I would look at that as be still and know that I am God. I always think of that one at times, and be still and know that you are not God me personally, is not God. So I always do that. Sometimes when things get frantic and stuff like that, he just tells you, be still. I'm God. I got this. You don't have to solve every problem in the world. You do your part. I'll do my part. Yeah, that's so true. I love that
0: the be not afraid is something that you carry around in your heart with you. I think it does several things. I think it positions our focus. And I don't mean to keep coming back to this, but I I see this I feel this recurring theme of focus in our talk, Tom, and be not afraid is that reminder of what he has done, what he is doing and what he can do in our life. There's nothing to be afraid
1: when you have God at your side. He's brought us this far and he didn't bring us here to die. And from that standpoint, uh, I don't know it's, if you worry, I always sometimes look at that and say, wow, how insulting am I to God when I do that? You know, if, if my dad told me something that he'll be there to, to pick me up at, at three o'clock after practice, I wouldn't spend all day long thinking, oh, geez, you know, is he really going to pick me up? You know, what if he doesn't pick me up? All the rest of that. It's like, no, no, I have confidence. I don't worry all day about that. So how much better is, you know, God, the father, if he says something, just have faith in it. Don't worry. That's such a good perspective
0: because that's something that we can see and relate to every day. Uh, And sometimes I think we forget to put God in that perspective because we can't see him. We don't give him that practical place in our lives, but God knows our heart. He knows what we're going through. He's here with us and he wants us to know that we can stand on his promises. We can lean on him that he's got broad shoulders and praise God That he does. And we do not have to be afraid. So, Tom, as we kind of roll into the next segment of the show, this is really a good opportunity for me to check in with Bless Nation. I hope, Bless Nation, that you're enjoying the show so far. I'm grateful for Tom for all that he shared with us. And I want to ask you if you are to subscribe to the show if you haven't. It's easy to do. If you're listening to the show on your mobile device, in iTunes, or even if you're at the website, there's a purple subscribe button. Once you hit that, you'll be set up to receive that next episode, and I want to just thank you in advance for doing that. So, Tom, as we come into this final round, I call it the Nuggets of Wisdom round. Really, I guess because the book of Proverbs is one of my favorite books because it's just practical, good stuff to live a life in Christ, and so I thought we'd get a couple of Nuggets of Wisdom from you, if that'd be all right. Very much so. Okay. Well, this will be fun, and these are, these are going to be... A little bit different than the stories that we were sharing with each other. These will be more short, to the point, nuggets of wisdom. And so the first one is simply this. What are you grateful for? What is Tom Schwab
1: praising God for these days? My family. That's the biggest blessing I have. And it's all through the, the grace of God, seeing what the kids are doing, seeing how they're becoming great, great role models and everything like that. To me, that's the legacy that someday I will leave is my family. And so I just praise God for, for them every day.
0: Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm there with you on that one. So share with us a way that you like to be a blessing to others. We all want to be blessed. And, you know, the name of the show is having a blessed life, but it's bigger than just about me,
1: or it's bigger than just about Tom. How does Tom like to bless others? Sharing what you know, you know, I'm just, we live in such an amazing time now where you can connect with people through free tools. You know, Skype, you can do video conferences. You can do things for free now that the president of the United States couldn't do 20 years ago. And the thing I always say is that what is ordinary to you is amazing to other people. What you know, what you've experienced could really help somebody not have to go through those same struggles. So it's so easy to share that information now and you've got stuff. So to me, I just, I love blessing people by connecting them to sharing what I know. And sometimes when you try to bless somebody else, you're blessed more in your life. So to me, it's that connection. And, you know, with the tools that we have today, if you're isolated or ignorant, I think it's really by choice. Yeah, I love
0: having the opportunity to be a blessing to others because it fills up that love tank in my own heart in a way that I could never get when I'm being blessed. So let me ask you another question, Tom. So when you think of your walk in your life and how it positions you to live another day, another glorious day, what's something that you do regularly, maybe daily, maybe just some type of routine, but something that you do regularly that strengthens that walk in Christ?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually walking with Christ. And I learned this from uh, Dan Miller, 48 days. And a lot of times he'll walk around his property there and just praying and talking to the God. And uh, we moved into a, a new house uh, about uh, two and a half years ago. And I've just loved it. It's uh, six acres and there's 40 acres of vineyards behind it. And just for the record, they're all Welch's grape. Nobody makes <laughs> wine out of these. But I just love doing that. Uh, did it this morning. There was uh, fresh snow there and just walking the perimeter of it, you know, praising God, thanking God and just a great time to be still. And uh, from that standpoint, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll take the my granddaughter with me and the, the legs of a two and a half year old make it a lot longer walk. But the same thing, we, we talk the same way and Talk to God, and so to me, just that time spent with them in the quiet and actually talking out loud. so that that's one of the, the special things that I try to do every day.
0: I love that Tom that's such a visual. I can see you and your your granddaughter walking in the snow in beautiful scenery with a vineyard in the distance. Talking out loud, holding hands and having a conversation with God.
1: How awesome is that? It is. And just, you know, every season has something new and you can learn something from every season. And we'll talk about that. If you don't believe God is a God of abundance, I tell you what, walk through a vineyard and see, you know, what one plant can do. Or just, uh, you know, all the metaphors that are there. And uh, you can learn so much from nature. And sometimes it's just walking through and God points something out to you. Yeah, he sure does. You know, speaking of learning,
0: I'm thinking of the next question. I'm thinking of books. Share with us a book that comes to mind when you think a book that has blessed some area of your life. And it has a Christ-centered either overture or focus in any area of your life. Any book come to mind that you'd like to share Uh with us?
1: Without a doubt, thou shall prosper, by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. He's a great man, and he he always talks about he's sort of the rabbi to Christians. And it's always weird at church where I'll be talking about something and I'll refer to, yeah, my rabbi said this, and people will look at me really funny, and it's like and then I have to explain it to them. But thou shall prosper explains, you know, the Old Testament and the teachings there. And uh, how they affect the Jewish people. And it just gave me a different way to look at business as a service, how money works. And, you know, he calls it certificates of appreciation. And it's just a a different view. And I think by him explaining that to me, and I love to listen to his podcast too. And as he explains the Old Testament, it makes the New Testament so much more understandable. So Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin is it's one that I always recommend. That sounds so
0: interesting. And, you know, I just did an interview with a good friend of mine, Pastor Kurt Hudspeth, and he is a lover of the nation of Israel. Of course, the Bible calls us to be right out of the first book in Genesis. But we talked a lot about the Old Testament. We talked about the relevance of it, the role of the Jewish people, our role as Christians to support the Jewish people. And it just makes me think about this book, That Thou Shalt Prosper. I look forward to checking it out. I had not heard of it. Have you ever heard of Charlie Tremendous Jones? Oh, I have. Well, when I think of good books or potential good books, because this one sounds good to me, I think about something he said. I saw him years and years ago at a conference and he said this, and I don't know if he was the first person that ever said this, but first time I ever heard it, that you're going to be the same person in five years down the road, except for the people you meet and the books you read. And so that's why having... A book recommendation, especially a book recommendation that will bless your soul to some degree, because it's got a Christ focus on it, is such a great way for us to learn and to keep our focus on Him. So, bless nation. I want to invite you, if you'd like to check out this book or any book, I want to invite you to get a free book, a free audiobook, uh, like podcasts. I love audiobooks because I can keep my mind focused on the things that I want to focused on while I'm driving down the road or at the gym or what have you. So if you'll go to Audibletrial.com slash blessed, it's Audibletrial.com slash blessed, you can get a free audiobook, courtesy of Audible. So I just want to invite you to do that. The last couple of questions I have for you, Tom, is this one. So what has got you most excited in your life these days? It can be any topic? What
1: has got you fired up these days? Connections and relationships. Last year, I was at uh, spoke at uh, podcast movement, and my wife was there with me. And afterwards, she said, "What was your biggest takeaway from that?" And I thought about it, and finally, I was just like, "You know what? My biggest takeaway was is that I was amazed at the people that God put in my life, always at the right time." And then I said, as I thought about it, I said, you know, but if I could critique God, and I know you probably shouldn't critique the creator of the universe, I'd say he never brings those people through my office in Kalamazoo, Michigan. You know, I've got to go out and make the effort to to meet them, either at conferences or reaching out to them over the phone or Skype calls, anything like that. And I've always wondered, you know, who was I supposed to meet that I was too lazy to get off my butt and go out there and meet? So the thing that I am most excited about in 2017 and the new year is... Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to build relationships with? As I look back over this last year, all the amazing people that have added to the richness of my life, my family, my business, I'm so excited about the next year, What, who God's going to bring into my life with that. And in the same way, who I can bless, who I can be connected to, it's an amazing time that we live in.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, and speaking of connections, I suspect that there are folks that are just resonating with this episode. If folks want to find out more about Tom Schwab, about what you do and how you do it, how can folks connect with
1: you, Tom? Sure, Jake. The easiest way is just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash blessed. And I'll just make a page and everything that we talked about here, I'll put some resources there and that'll have all my social media, emails, any way you want to connect with me there. I know that as you're listening to a podcast here, you could be multitasking, you could be exercising, you could be fixing dinner, you could be mowing the grass or shoveling yeah. the snow. So just go to com forward slash blessed and all my contact information will be right there. Awesome. I love that. Making it a one stop shop. Thank you for doing that. And
0: I'll put a link to that. Bless Nation on the page of this episode on the website so you can do that one click too if you forget the name of it. But Tom, man, I sure had fun hanging out with you today.
1: Jay, this has been such a blessing to my life. It's so great and I hope uh, people enjoy this. I always say podcasting is like the two of us having breakfast and just sitting at a booth. And all the listeners are like the people in the next booth Just just get to listen in. So I would tell people that, uh, you know, what you have is ordinary to you, but amazing to other people and and share that and find a way to share it. And, you know, maybe it's being a podcast, having your own podcast. Maybe it's being a podcast guest, but you can definitely bless people by sharing what you know. Amen. Well, Bless Nation, not
0: only am I grateful for Tom coming and sharing, it really so Intimately with us about his life about his walk in Christ But i'm grateful that you tuned in today i'm grateful for our time together and it was an honor To get to be your host and connect you With tom and share these insights as we move down the path of your blessed life I want to invite you if you haven't yet you haven't rated and reviewed the show I want to invite you and ask you to do so it's simple to do If you're in itunes you just type in the show your blessed life you have to use that little search bar to do it you type it in then you'll see the cover art on the show you click on it you'll see the rating review tab and you can write away so thank you in advance for supporting the show and blessed nation i just want you to remember until the next time we meet that god loves you